All right, Patrick Royce, can you explain to me <laughs> when you pay Russell Wilson a $245 million sum for a contract extension, why Nathaniel Hackett would decide to burn the clock down and then attempt a 64-yard field goal and take the ball out of Russ's hands? Ah, that might be. I just read about it. I didn't see it. I watched a little of the game yesterday. But I, when I read that, I said, wait, I thought the game was in Seattle. I thought the game was in Seattle, but yeah. it must be in Denver. <laughs> I tried a 64-yard field goal. Talk about a guy stepping in it right off the bat. He's already on probation. They already hate him. How can you do that? Go for it. Have Russell run out, roll out, and throw a six-yard pass. Five yards. They needed f- fourth and fourth five, and, and they had a ton of time left. Apparently, and three timeouts. Three timeouts. Yes. <laughs> apparently, they uh, apparently they took about twenty seconds trying to figure out what he wanted to do. Too, I, I said that the clock kept running, and he didn't, yeah. he couldn't make up his mind, and he finally sent out the kicker. What talk about being? Uh, you know, coaching with complete fear. That's it, right? Where where'd they find this clown? Was he the Packers? Uh, Packers. Packers OC the last three seasons. Packers yeah. OC, and he's Paul Hackett's kid, right? Yeah, he's Paul's kid. Yeah. Paul didn't teach much about clock management. and I don't how to... know, but it's amazing. Don't these coaches all know that with the public, you win points for being aggressive, not for being cowardly, right? right. So you're you're play, you're coaching your first game, and by the way, you just fumbled twice on the one, <laughs> on the one. You cannot, you know, roll out Russ. He didn't apparently look good. I watched five minutes. I don't know, but you got to roll out Russell. And uh, the the uh, photo I saw today in the strip of uh, Pete Carroll celebrating. I think it was a. a well, maybe I just saw it online. I don't know. But Pete had to be shocked too, right? He's like, how did we win this game by having a 60? What? What? I, I, it's just unbelievable. I would like to be listening. You guys should have Broncos uh, call in line tonight. Oh. today. That must be unbelievable. That would be great to I'd love nuts. to hear that. You know, they're nuts out there too. You know, yeah. I mean, they're not there. They don't, because it's Colorado and you don't have the the foaming at the mouth type of uh, people. But uh, when it comes to the Broncos, they're crazy. So uh, well, Pat, yeah. they, the, the Seattle fans too were, I mean, booing Russell Wilson as loud as the Packers fans booed far when he took the field the first time in 09 really? against them. I mean, just yeah. letting him have it. And I know he, you know, basically requested his way out, but you think for a guy who brought that team to two Super Bowls yes. and off the dormant that they'd have a little bit more respect, but no, the 12th man was, all over him from the whole game. Oh, that is that is weird. Yeah, that is weird. Why? Why do you know? Why do they? Why do they hate him? <laughs> you know, that's uh, that, that's you know, fans are goofy though. So what the hell? Even in Seattle, football fans everywhere are goofy. And you know, the other sports, you know, they can be a little more relaxed and down. But but in football, you're all foaming at the mouth, idiots. So, yeah. You know what I think it is, guys. I think it's this. A day full of drinking will make you yes, very angry. That is true. I yes. think it's a day. I think if we, a, a noon Sunday, you might have got booed a little might, bit. Might have gotten a little half, <laughs> half applause, half applause. Half, you're right. I never thought of that. The drinking, 
the uh, the uh, night starting times uh, contribute to some uh, bad behavior. I've uh, I've uh, I've experienced that a couple of times in, in Philadelphia, Chicago, Soldier Field, walking walking that gauntlet where they used to make us park at Soldier Field. Yes, <laughs> that is if they suspect. Doesn't make a difference if they suspect you're a Chicago journalist or a visiting journalist. They hate you. They want you to, you know, you're, you're not treating their bears uh, fairly. So, yeah, but it's 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 got awful. I, that's the, when I read that this morning. I, I didn't stay for the end. When I read that this morning, I said, "Well, Viking fans should double double celebrate having Kevin O'Connell because they didn't end up with this moron. What what a what a deal unbelievable his old man never never was a success as a head nfl no. coach either not and not he's supposedly an offensive genius paul the old man right but he was never right i don't college he didn't didn't he have southern cal for a while or something didn't he yes he was or pretty he, he had a few high profile jobs i thought jobs. he never really he never really got it done so they they can't choke they choke when they get responsibility that's a hackett family trait i'll say that right now i'll I'll make that judgment right now there are some people who were born to be coordinators yes that's true that's just what i've decided oh yeah that that's true pat Uh, they they also you know i know i don't think he was available via trade but the vikings obviously made the move for nick mullins you know to bring up a a capable backup to kirk if kirk misses time but geno smith yesterday for the seahawks starting like his first game in six seven years looked great he was great really? the whole game. I mean, he, he was really good in the first half, the second sure half. Great, great. Gino he looked great. great. He looked, he looked did Geno Smith not look great or better than expected? Yeah, maybe that's like better his word. first 13 passes. Yeah. And they were chanting, Gino, Gino, because, they, again, yeah. they were drunk. Yeah, did he get in shape? Because he was, to yeah. me, he always looked fat. You know, maybe he got himself in shape. He looked like he, you know, when he was stopped playing, he just sat and ate sandwiches in the on the bench or something he looked tubby as hell so maybe he got himself in shape but uh i wouldn't read a lot into it as far as the seattle's uh, long-term uh prospects here gino gino being gino before it's over i would guess so week one though is great because week one week one in this league is the most overreact you know you are you are so positive that you're you know your team is either great or horse bleep and yes. it's one game. Yes, yes, it is, and uh, and and it's it's probably more meaningless than ever because nothing is accomplished in exhibition games anymore. You're right. You, everybody comes in and they don't know how they're going to play, but certainly the uh, formula that the Rams uh, had and that O'Connell brought here, and uh, with the Vikings are uh, uh, heading into Week Two with no injuries, so that's uh, you know that. It, ladies and gentlemen, if you're buying Viking season tickets, know now that you will never see a regular play an exhibition game again, ever. Yeah. Even a rookie number one draft choice will never play an exhibition game ever because it's worked out so well for them so far. And I don't think fans care now. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain they don't care. Like it, they, they're, they're being ripped off. They, they know mm-hmm. that, but I, I don't think that there's a. If, if you win. I don't think I, that there's pushback. You know, I feel sorry for though. Who the kids, the youth that get that they that they have the grandpas and the uncles that issue those tickets 
as their early Christmas present. Oh, you're right. You're early birthday present. I love they this. Stick, they stick you with the exhibition tickets to show their affection for you. Kids, don't take it. Don't if you're a twelve year old kid and they try to give you tickets for a Viking exhibition, tell them you want the cash. Give me the cash. I don't want those tickets. Okay. No, it's like gopher fans <laughs> trying to give their kids give their grandkids tickets to the Western Illinois game. No, I don't want those. Give you get to go money. here here are two ducats to New Mexico State, Jimmy. <laughs> Screw <No>. you. <laughs> That's right. I want uh I want uh, some tickets for a real game so I can scalp them, you cheap old SOB. You know, so anyway, that's uh, that's it. I think I'm speaking of uh, hot tickets. Uh, I bet we'll have a screaming mob tonight for the start of the big Kansas City series at Target Field. Now, uh, you got any? You got any tickets there? <laughs> I was going to ask. That. I will. Uh, I will be there on Thursday. I have Thursday. tickets for Thursday's that an game. Afternoon-er? Uh, no, it's a it's a six it's a six forty game, and they'll uh, they're they're also doing double for season ticket holder appreciation month. All the discounts are doubled for the rest of the September. Wow! Holiday. So so thirty percent off you. beer and food, Pat. Thirty percent. You. Uh, you know, gentlemen, one of the great things about Calvin's ownership of this team, at least for the first fifteen years, is once you got past Labor, the first week after Labor Day. For the last two weeks, all day games. That uh, the April all day games, September all day games because we didn't have BSN to worry about yep. them to. Uh, we didn't have regional TV. They knew nobody was going to come to the games anyway, uh, so they uh, you know they played the day games. That way, Calvin could go have a nice dinner someplace. You mm-hmm. know? Didn't have to go to the ball. It was it was fantastic. Those day games in September, fall, no cold weather. It was brilliant. Let's uh, let's get back to doing that. BSN should realize that half the half the audience can't watch their games anyway. So why, you know, what do they care? Nobody's going to be watching tonight anyway. They're going to get a point zero six. That's right. That's right. Day games. We want day games in September. Damn it. And and you know what. You're right. April too. Yeah. If you look at if you look at the amount of day games they have now stuck this poor team with for uh for the first month next year at night, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's miserable. Yes. You know what? One thing they had this year, as their attendance has been very mediocre, a very favorable summer schedule. They had a lot of games between Memorial Day and Labor Day including 20 in August. And, uh, you know, that you, the old August, you know, that's when the rural folks came to town always traditionally. And they even when they were bad, you'd get a little hit in August, but I didn't really notice it this year. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't like there's an extra 3000 people here because it's August. They, you know, they don't, I didn't, I didn't notice that this year. I don't well, think. good thing there's uh there's 16 April home games next season, which is the most in the month they have. 16 home games in April at Target now Field they're next paying year. The, they're paying the price for uh, this mm-hmm. favorable schedule they got this year. And you know what? How many of those are against National League teams? Three-game series against National League teams that you can't make up anywhere right. else. So, in other words, if it's snowing on Wednesday night, you're still going to play because you can't make up those games. You, you, 
they had one of those situations in the Yankees game on Sunday, right? That they had to wait hours because they weren't going to play that team again. Who, who was that they were playing? They had a like a four or five hour uh, uh, rain delays, whatever, whatever it was next year. This, this, they're not going to get away with the schedule with uh, playing all the National League teams, uh, you know, play, playing them all uh, three times because they're going to get caught by the weather. Not too many places have roughs. So, uh, right. So, so what? Off days, you just have. If you can't play, just go back in like August on I don't an off know day. What the hell they're gonna do? I mean, how do they do how that? Many, how many compatible off days are there? You know, I, right. I heard that. Yeah, one reason that Cleveland had to wait all a bunch of time to play a game too recently was that. There was no compatible dates in the last month of the season with the with the team they were playing. I can't remember who it was, but uh, I don't know. It's a, it's not a game. It's not a game intended to be played in either freezing, rainy, or snowy weather. But no, that's gonna end up happening. That's going to end up happening. Yeah. It's absolutely not. Hey, hey, what what are your thoughts on, on the uh, rule changes that were announced on Friday? What we got a pitch clock, we got bigger bases. I'm okay at bigger bases. I don't have any. I, when we okay. get more guys tripping over first base, running down there and breaking ankles because it's bigger, you know, maybe maybe we'll revisit that one. I'm in favor of uh, obviously the pitch clock, especially after seeing Louis Parlin pitch. And get the ball, throw it back, uh, and uh, the shift. But I do not buy the you can't put your feet on the grass part of that. I yeah, think, I agree with that. You know, a guy like Correa with a great arm, a shortstop with a great arm who can play on the grass should be allowed to play on the grass. And uh, and same with second base. Traditionally, it, when Ted Williams played, they had a second baseman 25, 30 feet out on the in the right field. That's fine. It's just having three guys on that side of the infield. I don't agree with and having the, I don't like the, uh, I think maybe that dirt part is to prevent you from bringing an outfielder into or something. I, I don't know what, what that is about, but uh, going to the four man outfield and uh, I mean, not going to the two man outfield and the extra infield. Maybe that's, maybe that's the reason I, I don't know, but uh I guess the throw over, I was saying the throw over is stupid, but then I was talking to Mr. Baseball, my son, and he said, well, if they didn't have that limit, then that's how you would defeat the pitch clock, right? Right. Yeah, you just, if if the clock's getting late, you haven't made up your mind, you just throw it over, right? Right. uh, That's a good point. Yeah, so. You know know who's going to be benefiting most? Anything that speeds up the ball game, I'm in favor of. Yeah. Pat, you know who's going to be benefiting most from uh, from the shift being banned? I think Max Kepler might be licking his chops right here because he loves to ground over right over to into that oh, yes. shift every he's single a, time. He's a number uh, – Dan Hayes from The Athletic showed me this stat. Uh, he's number two in all of Major League Baseball behind Corey Seager, well behind Corey Seager, but mm-hmm. for hitting into the shift, for outs into the shift. But I'm surprised it was only 68 or something <laughs> that he hit it into the shift. But then again, he missed time too. He doesn't. He, I think if he played every day, he could have been up there about eighty, eighty-five. So right, um, balls into the shift. Yeah, it 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 should help him, but I don't know. He just doesn't make hard contact like he used to. 
He might not be that good right now. I mean, that's the thing is I can't decide if it's going to help him a ton or yeah. if if he's just tailed off or dropped off uh, so badly since 19 that he's just lost it. Uh, Tommy Hamilton, uh, I was talking to him when he was in town with Cleveland, you know, the great announcer, and he said, what happened? He said, we, he said, that guy terrified us. He had three home runs there, what, once, and they hit mm-hmm. all these home runs against Bauer. He said, if you would have asked Tito, he would have been the best of the whole bunch of them, the, the, the young guys that were coming up, and I don't know what happened to him. Uh, but the one thing you see certainly ruined Snow, ruined Chris Davis, uh, and, you know, different type of hitters. But maybe he can't handle the velocity and the uh, – Maybe just can't handle the velocity that they're now facing, and the fact that you never get to see the same pitcher a third time. That I think that's had a lot to do with the failures of some guys we thought were good hitters, you know. So, but the uh, thing about the Twins and Phil had something uh, today about it. They don't score early anymore. One of their secrets of success was scoring early, and now they're the offense, the uh, hitting numbers are just awful. Just off, but you know why? Because of who they're playing on the field. Because of who's on the field. Because Gilberto Celestino is your everyday center fielder, and he's a two thirty hitter. So, in and reality, it, is Buxton coming back now, or are we pretty sure he ain't coming? I mean, it feels like he's not coming back. Never gets mentioned, does it? They, no, they, you know, fairly significant. I mean, if he didn't come home back this weekend, yeah. You know, and when do they go to Cleveland? Friday? Is that that must be a carryover series, huh? Two on Saturday and a and a Monday game too. I think that's right. Yeah, because it's five games. So yep. Uh, Cleveland, uh, the margin is now five. Cleveland won again last night. Did you see what happened last night? In one in one sequence. So yes. so Ron Culpa, yeah. He, he he threw out Francona and Nevin in the Nevin. same. Because of the same thing, argument. Well, no, Nevin was, he wanted his, because Tito had, uh, because Francona had argued yes. so long, he wanted to let his pitcher have a warm And his pitcher was mad. And his pitcher oh, and Culpa, no, and I think he was trying to defend him. Ron Culpa, but guess what? Uh, Francona was wrong. The ball, but, the ball, he did not get hit. The ball popped out of the catcher's glove and landed on his foot. Why was Francona so worked up about that entire sequence? Probably hates Culpa. Okay, and probably Culpa had the red ass, so probably had some old feud with Culpa. Okay, uh, you know his uh, his uh, you know he was not a. I, I when I was looking, I, I looked at the umpire and I wondered if it was Hunter Wendelstead because they all hate him and he's got a red ass. He's the guy that that uh, Bobby Cox, the one time he was at Target Field, we were in there talking to him before the game, with, uh, and he said, uh, Hunter Wendelstead had thrown Guardy out like the day before or something. Hunter Wendelstead wouldn't make a good pimple on his old man's bleep. <laughs> Which, uh, as the as the meeting is gathered around, that might be, I don't know if Coxie would have survived in the current environment if 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 somebody would have said that with uh, various reporters around. But these were guys he all knew. Anyway, Frank, what else has happened? 
what I was go- going to say though is Frank, the job Francona has done because he's Ooh. been he's been in and out with what health problems, right, Pat? The last two or three years. Yeah, he was out for a while this year, but he's back and and doing. My good. God, he's youngest good. team in the major leagues by average age. I'll tell you what, the, the guy that belongs in the psych hospital though is that pitcher, the hair guy, that bobbling a ball up. And oh, down. the guy from Fry from who? Yeah. Take a Valium dummy and uh you know let's get going here he he's gonna have a little trouble with the uh with the uh 15 second clock next year because he's still out there juggling the ball up in the air we're gonna have i think the return <laughs> of ejections far more frequently next year oh yeah because they'll I, be arguing about the ball clock yeah. and the clock strikes. yes we're Lots gonna have Old you pitchers know. are pissed. They're not going to like well, this. Well, plus, who's monitoring the clock? If you don't get the hometown clock operator who gives your pitcher two extra seconds and yeah. starts it when the ball's just appearing in the guy's glove for the other, you can have it a crooked clock too. You know, <laughs> who's going to who's going to start the clock, man? The college, and one of the great things about college basketball, they don't get away with it as much anymore. But it used to be the clock operators that last, you know. As I said, the worst thing that ever happened to basketball is tenths, putting tenths on the clock, because that's why we have to go over and huddle to see if there's 5.8 seconds left or 5.6. But the old clocks that just had seconds on it, they could just buzz it, get it over with. The hometown, the hometown scorekeeper could rob you like he's supposed to be able to and get on with life. That's uh, now they got tenths. Ruin the game. It takes the last yeah. two minutes, take 10 minutes longer now because we have tenths on the clock. You are correct. And All right. These refs can't stand not to run over there and huddle down and look at the clock and make themselves the center of attention. Uh, and by the way, a few moments of my football watching, uh, not the Viking game so much, but a couple of other games. Hockley was doing a game. That yeah, that Hockley. It's his old man. Yeah, it was. He watched his old man. Oh yeah, he's a pain in the ass. He just can't shut up. Let him play. And they, oh, he gave the fifteen yard. Wasn't him? Last night we had a fifteen yard penalty oh. for rubbing the slop off a ball. You know, and the guy was really proud to announce that too, wasn't he? This yeah. league, this league, it. As I always say, your goal should be not to call a penalty, not to call a penalty. Mm-mm. But Mm-mm. a bunch of raven eagle maniacs, especially in the NFL. All right, Roycey, we will uh, talk to you again on Thursday. All right, see you. Goodbye. Bye.